Hello, hello, and welcome to the Bellingham Real Estate Podcast. I'm Paul Balzotti. I'm here with Jen Sandoval. Hi, how's it going? Welcome, Jen. I'm good. Good. So today we are talking about the history of a home is the subject line of the podcast. And we have you on because I know you're a little bit of a history buff, kind of in a way about the history of homes. And it's a super interesting topic, especially for Bellingham, right? We have a lot of historic homes. So let's get right into it. So, Jen, tell us about your background, kind of before real estate. What did you do and, and all sure, that? Sure, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, history buff, nerd, I don't know, one <laughs> of those. Um, but, yeah, I've always really been interested in history and architecture. You know, I grew up in Whatcom County and, you know, going to Ferndale, we would go out to Pioneer Park um, mm. for field trips when I was a kid and see those homes built in, like, the 1880s, these giant trees, you know, mostly built with, like, hand saws, axes, and mallets. Um, and to see them still standing is just amazing. Um, and then, you know, I got into construction um, and worked on a lot of older homes that were built here in, in the Bellingham core area in that kind of building boom of 1903. And to see how much the styles had changed in that 20 years is just fascinating. Um, and doing contracting and getting really hands on with a home and kind of figuring out the puzzle of an older home and the different eras of materials and things, I just find really fascinating. And I really get to bring that into real estate. Um, when you're looking at a home online, you know, you can see certain pictures. But then when you're in person, really getting to dive in and look more at the, the bones of a home and the structure and the systems and how it all works together. Um, I just love it's yeah. fascinating for me. So how long were you in general? How long were you a general contractor? Yeah, I had a contracting and design company for about four years um, okay. and worked, um, you know, mostly in the Bellingham core area. Oh, so you, and you actually did work on older homes too. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yep. Okay. And then you've been now been in real estate for uh, about three years. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So so let's 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 get into that. You're so you're now you're you were in contracting. You worked on older homes. Yes. Um. You and you and you work in the core neighborhoods, which is where we're going to get into more. Is yeah. the core neighborhoods of Bellingham quite a bit? I do. And so um, you're showing homes, um, it that are older. Mm-hmm. What is your process? Because you're one of the only realtors I've ever met who does this, where you, you know, when you get into an older home, you'll really research the history of it. And I know that that can go a lot of directions. So when you look at the history of the home, are you looking at just, and that's the subject of this podcast, are we talking about the history of like the people that lived there? the history of the additions or remodels like what what are what all yeah. are you going to look at when you're trying to figure out the history of a house yeah well you know i talk and how to, do you do it yeah i talk yeah. a lot with my clients about layers of research right so okay. when they are just maybe casually interested in a home all right like let's let's do that first layer of research which most agents do right what's attached what can we find out um, if they're, you know, interest- attached to the multiple listing service right. or, the, or the county mm-hmm. records or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. But then, you know, they're, they're more interested in it. Let's take a look. Um, and you can really research a home from two directions from, um, from modern day back mm-hmm. and from when it was built forward. And then mm. there's a gap in between that we don't have a lot of data on, <laughs> which is unfortunate. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I like to dig into a home, um, definitely taking a look at the county assessor's site. 
Um, on that, my favorite tabs are improvements slash buildings, um, which will tell you when, you know, when was the effective year built. Um, there's a sketch tab, which can be really helpful when you're also looking at older sketches of the home, because it'll give you a sense, has this footprint been expanded um, since it was originally built? Or were there additions at some point along that way? Um, and then also in the in the property images tab, there's usually a downloaded um, image from the 70s or 80s of that yeah. home. Um, a, a lot of crazy things were done in the 90s. So I always like to take a look at that image from the 80s and see, you know, was where the windows changed at all. Is there something, you know, when you look at the front of a house and if something's kind of off about it, usually it's because somebody made an alteration. Right. Because they were all about proportions when things were built back in the in the early 1900s and things were built at like perfect proportions. Um, and so a lot of times alterations that were made um, since then sometimes make it look off. So if you can look at that image, you know, from the 80s and say, oh, there were two double hung windows up here and sometimes in the 90s, they switched it to a tiny little single slider aluminum. Well, now if you're thinking of replacing that aluminum window, you could go back to the original double hung and the proportions of the house are going to improve hugely. Yeah. So, and, and you know, we and we are talking about in, the, in Bellingham, late 1800s, early 1900s, mm -hmm. it probably becomes less interesting if the house is maybe 1960 or newer or something like that. Yeah, but, but then you, so then the next step I do, which not yeah. as many people do, um, is go to the City IQ um, mapping system. Okay. So this is a, a software created by the city. You go on, you look up your address, um, and you can run a permit counter parcel report. For okay. that home. And that's going to tell you any permits or project use um, plans that were pulled for that property, anything that's attached to that property within the last 30 years or so. Okay. So it, the furnace was replaced or maybe they decommissioned um, an oil um, system to a mm. furnace. Like we want to know about that and see how that was done, you know. Um, so that can be really helpful. Um also, you, you can see lots of other data. You can also change the filters on that map to show you which way does the sewer line run to the to the city main. You Ooh. know, is it under a garage? And that's going to be a big issue if that comes up as, you know, something that needs to be replaced. Um, so there's lots of data you can get within there. You know, are you sitting on top of the coal mines, which means that you're going to have an extra step if you ever want to do an addition or something like that. So there's lots of info you can get that way. Where are the coal mines? Um, they, the entrances ran along little Squalicum, Squalicum Boulevard. And so they exist yeah. and extend below Columbia neighborhood, Birchwood neighborhood. Um, yeah, a decent amount of Bellingham has yeah. coal well, mines. That's true. Cause I know the Bellingham Golf and Country Club yep. has some coal mines. Yep. Below. Yeah. yeah. Which is good for drainage. Yeah. But <laughs> makes your yard a little lumpy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so you're. And I guess you're right. So maybe less interesting if it was built in the 1970s, but not less interesting as far as the history is less interesting, but there still could be really valuable information there in the city, yeah. in city IQ. Mm -hmm. Do you ever go back if it's um, uh, like there was a 19, I don't remember the year that I had a Victorian listing and we, and the sellers had, you know, the, the original owners and the, it was the, and they owned a store downtown yeah. and all the stuff. And, yeah. I mean, do you get into so that a little bit? That's I probably do, at the layer, the last layer, that's right? A, yeah, it's an additional layer. Yeah. It depends how nerdy the buyers are, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how much they want to get into it. But yeah, yeah you can absolutely, the Polk, um, the Polk directories um, were the main city directories at that time. And you can track kind of who owned the home, the Sanborn fire maps. Um, you can literally go into the library um, and, and 
not check out, but you can use these giant books and and see what um, the house looked like um, in 1904 and 1913. Those maps also exist online now too. So you can go and look at that property address and see that, oh, okay, in 1904, it was a single story. But now in 1913, it was a story and a half and it also had a new building garage, right? So you can kind of track what changes were made. Um, and then if you really want to get into it, um, which I've done on my own personal properties, usually after you buy them and it takes a little bit of time, you can reach out to the Whatcom Museum. Um, and they're really helpful in finding some of that really historical stuff mm -hmm. about, you know, who owned the property. Are there any images of it that we can find? Um, Bellingham Herald archives, things like that. So that usually has less to do about buying the house and what we might, you know, want to know about it from a permit perspective or materials perspective. But it it's fascinating. Very cool. So that brings me right into effective year built. Yes. So we have a lot of properties in Walking County and Bellingham in particular that you'll see 1900 effective year built 2003 effective year built 1986. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, effective year built. I'll, I'll give my layman terms of what I understand that to be. And you can maybe correct me or maybe add on to that. So effective sure. year built usually is when there's a major permit um, done where they're doing kind of structural work. And usually I know at least more recently, if it's if they're doing and if if it's going to be called an effective year built of 2020 or 2022, you have to do new electrical, new plumbing. Um, it has to meet the current code mm -hmm. in order to be that effective year built with the remodel. Now, how extensive that is, how much of the original home is in is there that yeah. that can vary, right? Mm -hmm. So, what what do you know about effective year built? Yeah, kind of above and beyond that. Yeah, I mean, generally with effective year built, especially these days, the city is requiring a lot to be done, right? Um, and unfortunately, when they're requiring that much to be done, there's um, it's hard to to maintain a lot of the character that existed within yeah. the house. Yeah. So. Um, you know, effective year builds are great in that all those systems that you worry about in older homes um, have been updated and you kind of have assurances of that. Um, but sometimes you'll lose a little bit in that process. Mm -hmm. A lot of times in the core neighborhoods, uh, people who are doing those, that size of renovation um, are pretty intentional about that. And they'll attempt to use products that are, you know, as reminiscent of that period as possible, which, yeah. is, which is really great. The other thing you see sometimes, though, is people saying, a gut renovation, you know, but when you're living in a house and um, you're remodeling the kitchen, anything can feel like a gut renovation, yeah. you know? Yeah. And just because you redid the kitchen doesn't mean that the wiring was updated everywhere, right? Yeah. So you have to be really careful when um, things look shiny and new in the places you want them to look shiny and new. You still, with an older home, want to make sure that you're checking kind of all those systems and getting as much information as possible. Not that it would necessarily deter your decision to purchase an older home. You just want to go in with as much information as possible on what expenses might exist in the future for you. Yeah, I would say a common example of example of that is you get. I've seen a lot of homes where they'll list new electrical yeah. or new electrical in 2016 because the realtor, the seller, told the realtor that, and so maybe the seller had the kitchen and bathrooms remodeled. And at that time, the electrician comes in, puts a new panel in, um, puts in, or maybe doesn't put a new panel in, but just does like ten, fifteen thousand dollars worth of electrical work to the kitchen and bathrooms, and maybe grounds all of the outlets. Maybe it's a thirty thousand dollar electrical job, 
But then the inspection comes up and there's still knob and tube in the attic and they're saying, wait, wait, what is this? And a lot of times it seems like those light switches, you know, to fully take out all of that old knob and tube, knob mm-hmm. and tube being probably, what is that, 1930s and older, 1920s and yeah, older is when they used knob and tube wires. Right. Um, you know, you'll, you'll have people that think their entire house has been rewired mm-hmm. and that's not always the case. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And also sometimes it has all been rewired, but some of that knob and tube has not all been decom- like that's true. taken out of the home. Yeah. Um, and it's hard for inspectors who, you know, if they see any evidence of a knob or a tube, whether it's live yeah. or not, they have to bring that up just in case. Um, so, you know, then it's helpful to to reach out to the seller and see, you know, who, who did your electrical, you know, make sure that that permit so that's a thing, you know, seller said new electrical. Well, let's go check the permit office. You can go to e, e-track it in the permit office. You don't have to be a contractor. You can have a contractor login, but you can also have a public login and you can go in and you can search the address and you can search what permits were pulled and were they finaled. Mm. That's the thing. You, could pr- you can pull a permit, but did an inspector come out and say, yep, all done. It looks good to go sort of a thing. So that's a thing I like to double check too. Cool. I agree. I agree. Agreed. Agreed. So let's say you're a buyer. You're looking for a house right now. You like older homes. And obviously, if you are in this market, you could hire Jen as your realtor. But if you're in another market or you have another wonderful realtor that you don't want to lose, um, but you're online and you're trying to get a sense of, I don't want to even go out and look at a house that might be a lot of work or might have some issues. What are some of the like red flags you might look for? You do look for if you're just looking online, older home, you could and you could talk about red flags or just kind of really obvious things about additions or older homes that you you can just catch in pictures that maybe somebody who's not, you know, not quite as with it is going to be able to notice right away. Those are hard things to catch in pictures. Yeah, that's true. I guess a lot of it, I guess a lot of it isn't in the pictures. <laughs> yeah. But what things that I, I look for and I think my clients look for when you're looking at older homes online um, are the things that really capture the the characteristics of that home, right? Mm-hmm. That you can't that are hard to replicate. So mm-hmm. those original materials like those hardwood floors, like the the casings and the moldings, right? Um, I mean, we know the price of wood these days, and yeah. wood doesn't exist like it existed back then, right? Yeah. The tight grain of that wood, the strength of the wood, um, the size of the trim. Um, If you were to recreate that these days, it would be almost impossible because those trees don't exist, Um, but also very expensive, even if you were to use modern wood. So I like to see how much of those character pieces still exist within the home. Um, because that's a good starting point, right? There's mm. other things that you might want to upgrade, right? You know, the kitchen was redone, you know, in the 80s, like, great, you know, yeah. like, let's give that another go around, yeah. maybe, right? Um, yeah. And you can do that and you can modernize um, while kind of still honoring that history of the home, right? Yeah. So doing a penny tile in a bathroom is always going to look classic, but right. you can you can do it, you know, n- newer. Um really you get into more of those red flags when you get in person. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so when you're online, I look for those, you know, original characteristics, then also taking a look at that permit office and seeing, you know, what's been done recently. Unfortunately, like I said, there's that really large information gap between the 1930s and the 1980s, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing you can do um, that I like to do when I'm buying older homes is go into the permit office and just say, Hey, I'm looking at this home. Um, you know, 
you they have microfilm there that can mm-hmm. fill in some of that information gap from the 80s to the mid 90s that hasn't been uploaded yet into their systems and so you can i like as much information as possible when i'm buying a home right so looking at those microfilms and seeing you know sometimes permits were pulled in the 80s that you can get again more sense on timeline of things like that um Obviously, some of the things that you worry about with older homes is the materials that were used, right, that mm. aren't that we now know are, are really harmful. So mm. lead, asbestos, um, things like that, and the different um, locations that those exist, right? Mm-hmm. So um, sometimes if you're not planning to change those items, they're okay right where they are. You know, you yeah. just need to be cognizant of them. Um, other things you want to make sure get changed out. So taking a look, you know, at the siding, um, when you get into a home, usually basements are are really fun. You can mm-hmm. take a look at the underside of things. You know, are are do you see any asbestos wrapped pipes? Um, do you you know what's the wood like? What's the electrical like? What's what do the pipes look like? So those are the things they're not going to show you pictures of online. <laughs> and a lot of times, a lot of times the floors you know floors aren't always level in older homes, and that's hard to tell mm-hmm. sometimes in pictures. And then mm-hmm. you get in the house and you're like. And that's not always – that's just sometimes the nature of the way the foundation was built. Absolutely. And it doesn't mean that it's still not a great house. Yeah. And before we move on to anything else, you, you've you've talked about something that I didn't plan on asking you, but I'm, I am now curious. Okay. So, so, you know, we talk about like strong bones, good – you know, the solid homes, yeah. solid character, all that kind of stuff. Realtors love terms like that. And um, – and – I tend to be of the of the kind of thought process um, that newer homes, I have a bias towards newer homes, just honestly, um, where I kind of think, okay, they the way that they put, you know, it's less nails, it's more screws, it's insulated better, we know the wiring's better, um, all of those kind of things. It's more energy efficient mm-hmm. most most newer homes. But you mentioned um, there being this value in um, truly some of those old materials mm-hmm. and not just from a character standpoint, but truly even the quality of the wood, the, the, the type of wood. I mean, there's a reason why a lot of these homes are in still in great shape 100 years later. Exactly. Um, so you do have the school of thought that sometimes an older home in a lot, a lot of ways, if you take it and then you do the right renovations to it can actually be a more solid home in, in some ways than a newer house. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're still standing today because right. they were, they were built, you know, right. with such great materials. Now, have we improved? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and are the ways that we can um, make improvements on older homes? Absolutely. Um but, you know, generally people, there are new home people and that's totally yeah, fine. Yeah. And then there's people who want that character yeah, and they're yeah. going to deal with a little bit higher, you know, heating costs and things like that because they want that character of home. Right. 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 And so if the, if that's your track, like, let's let's do that in the best way possible for yeah. you and you can keep your new home. Right. <laughs> that's true. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. But All yeah, right. there there is a lot of value in those in some of those older materials and the craftsmanship, honestly, yeah. like the craftsmanship that existed um, back then that people were doing by hand um, is really beautiful. And I think having been a contractor, having worked on these homes with my own two hands and yes. seen like how these things came together and, and how they, they made it work, it, it's just really incredible um, what people were able to do back then. Sweet, sweet. So we're going to do a um, separate thing. We have a blog. Our company blog is is Bellingham Real Estate Stories. It's kind of a vlog where we shoot videos of neighborhoods and things like that. 
and we occasionally do little stories. Yeah. And we're going to do a part two of this where we're going to go into um, a neighborhood, kind of talk about the history of the neighborhood and um, look at the history of a couple homes to give people an example of how you can go about doing this. Um, the most we know, so the core neighborhoods, Lettered Streets, Columbia, Cornwall Park, York. York, yeah. And then obviously South Hill, Fairhaven. Um, and then um, it it's really interesting, actually, Bellingham, the city of Bellingham has a really interesting interactive map that um, tracks building from 1900 to 2020. Um, and so you can kind of see where were, what houses existed at 1900, 1910, 1920, and you can see the city grow. Um, so, so yeah, generally those core neighborhoods, Columbia, you know, even into Birchwood a little bit, mm -hmm. um, Lettered Streets, Cornwall Park, York. Um, and then obviously the larger homes along South Hill. Maybe Sunnyland a little bit. Sunnyland, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And then even up along to Lake Whatcom, obviously there's some Oh, yeah. Silver homes, Beach has, Silver yeah, Beach has some really Lake cool Whatcom, history. Mm -hmm, yeah. Because of, uh, because of the... Um, the train. The train and the different industries that existed out there. So you'll find some out there as well. So, in. and what was that, what was that map called again? Um, it, it's through the city of Bellingham, yeah. uh, housing statistics. Okay. Um, so we can provide a link to that, but yeah. yeah, they have really cool, interesting statistics about, um, older homes, but also just density of our different areas and things like that. That is super cool to look, look at the pictures. I, yeah. Yeah. And, and see that how things have changed. I watch it multiple times and watch different areas because then also yeah. you can see the infill too, right? Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, when Columbia started, it was, you know, a couple blocks or a couple homes per block, right? And then it infilled over time, you know, and you can see, you know, when, when buildings started going up Alabama, you know, we mm -hmm. know that most of those homes are that split level style and you can see it kind of the development, you know, grow in different areas and parts of the city. Sweet, sweet. Yeah. No, that's, that's very, very neat. And so Thank you for all of that. And, um, and yeah, definitely everybody will have Bellingham. We'll have some links for you, but then on, um, just Google Bellingham real estate stories or on Instagram or Facebook, um, just search for Bellingham real estate stories. And we'll do a part two of this where we'll go into a neighborhood and look at a couple homes or look at least one home really thoroughly. But otherwise, if you have more questions, you can reach out to Jen. You clearly know your stuff. You're clearly into this. <laughs> and, um, so you can reach out to Jen direct. Thank you for jumping on, Jen. We appreciate you. Thank you for listening Thanks or for watching. And cheers. Thanks.